You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 247th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Tim, we've got a lot to catch up on. Oh, Spencer, we do. And we had a great... Let's cut right to the chase. We all thought it wasn't going to happen. No. We all thought... It was it was done with. Absolutely. Everything was finished. We were we were practically about to turn off the television. The fat lady had sang, as the, they the, say. The fat lady had definitely sang. But before you knew it, it happened. Mm-hmm. And of course I'm talking about Carlos Betancourt winning the sixty-fifth annual Classica Primavera de Amaro Bieta Ugh. in Spain Beauty. on April fourteenth. Beauty. It, it, a win so big, I don't think anything this week could top it. Oh, and Spencer, I got a question for you. Oh. Did you think that's where I was going to go with the lead on the show this week? <laughs> you know, I was playing off your your cues, and I, uh, you know, I didn't, but I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Like, at what what point did you realize Swerve Street was coming up? Well. You know, when, when you're behind the wheel, Tim, I've learned to expect that uh, the road is not straight at all. Uh, you you take us down the podcast uh, uh, agenda like Nabali descending a mountain in during the Giro. It's just perfection, and I cannot I cannot oh. grab the wheel from you. I just let Thank you do you. your thing. I it was a great moment. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately for Carlos Betancourt, we can't talk more about this amazing oh, victory that he had overshadowed. Um, last Sunday because it was overshadowed with perhaps tragically the greatest day of world tour racing I have ever witnessed. Um, maybe not of all time, but right. it's clearly on the podium. This is on the Mount Rushmore of greatest moments of cycling because I feel like it was finally the coming out party for Matthew Vanderpool. And on a kind of a, a, a secondary like point of view, like at the same time, also a coming out party for once again, how awesome women's racing is. Yes. Right. Because two back to back great races. The coverage was fantastic. Yes. They had the women's race on the same field feed before they cut to the men's. So it was exactly the way that we want it to be covered. Um and then you saw the race. I mean, yeah. anyways, yeah. so much to discuss. Yeah, Tim, I uh, I got to say, I, I signed up for the Flow Bikes after you uh, ranted and raved about it the other week. And uh, I've not been disappointed. It's been, it was a, it was a blow to the wallet. Um, not going to lie, but uh, it's been worth it. And I got to watch two very, very good races this morning at Amstel Gold. Yeah, it was. Now I watched the final 25k of the men's race mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. so i got to capture that euphoria that was taking over the twitter sphere and then i actually did a fairly good job of staying out of spoiler nation for when the replay came up so i could watch the women's race oh ah, good job 
But I was having a little bit of difficulty. Now, I don't know how they showcased it when you got to watch it live. But when I went back to watch the replay, what was really cool is they had the women's race on immediately before the men's. So they had like, and then it cut, it flipped to the men's. I don't know if they switched the coverage during the actual race day, but um, I really liked being able to watch two races yeah. on the same feed. Oh, two incredible races too. Like the women's race ended and it was like, wow, I don't know how a race is going to top that. Um, we had uh, uh, Niwadama taking the win there over Van Vluten and Mariana Voss just big hitters, you know, and, and Annika Langvad up there as well in, in fourth. Um, my roller derby money, unfortunately was on, uh, Cecile Ludwig who finished sixth for Bidla, Bigla pro cycling. Um, so I was, I was close, but, uh, closest, you know, only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So no internet points for me on that bet. Um, but it was, I mean, that race itself. Now the Amstrad gold <laughs> already, the race is already taking part on basically cart paths like golf cart paths oh my God. from what i can tell yes yes um i i you know how little guy was is really into those um those miniature trucks like whenever we see like a goofy car on the side of the road little guy yeah. would be the one that'd be little. like oh let's stop and and go see these trucks there's yeah. little like three-wheel trucks small um, japanese vehicles yeah. yeah that was pretty much what the the road like those those trucks were built for the width of these roads i yes. mean it was ridiculous. Now, yes. the women's race overall, I mean, the, the women's race was fantastic. And you, oh, you mentioned um, Cecily, uh, uh, U-Trip Ludwig uh, getting sixth place. It was pretty awesome to see. I it haven't was. seen a post-race interview yet. I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure like, you know, Niwa Doma wins and the media is like, quick, like, you know, here's a couple snaps. And then they just start running for Cecily to get the interview you can hardly blame them uh best interview <laughs> in all of cycling men's or women's it's true um uh most exciting um finish for the slow ride podcast on the day in the women's amstel gold uh ashley moomin taking 16th place for ccc yeah. live uh two minutes and one second down former teammate of uh of ludwig yeah of ludwig yeah, yeah. so pretty cool um i top american Finished in 12th place, Taylor Wiles of Trek Sega Fredo. Um, Lizzie Diagman was out for Trek. That was yeah. pretty cool to see. She's yeah. back racing. Yeah, so she had a good race. Awesome. Um, so anyways, the women's race was great. And it was, if the day would have ended there, you'd be like, oh, that's great. And by the way, remember when we danked or we dunked considerably on the Canyon Shram kit that ah. we had uh, professional cyclist Abby Mickey on the pod? We did. Like we were all, we were like, ah, oh, this kit needs to be updated. Come it's, on. What is yeah. this? Like one of those, you know, cups you get at the dentist's office to rinse before you go get, uh, <laughs> you know, checked out. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, we were just like done with it. Yep. And then it looked pretty good on the podium. It right? did look like, it, you're it, like, oh, okay. That's a pretty good win. It's a good looking kit. It just needs a refresh. That's all we're saying. Um, yeah. sp though, speaking quick pivot, speaking of good looking kits out there in the women's field, um, Bulls Doman special kit for this race all in pink yes and bulls dolman all over the side of the road with the advertising yeah they went all in I for mean, this one uh special yeah. risk cancer awareness uh kits and bikes that they're auctioning off which is always cool to see stuff like that and uh and sponsors putting money into their women's teams and and springing for things like fancy special one-off kits i love the it the thing i am the thing i'm afraid to check 
but I probably should have since I'm bringing it up, uh-huh. is what the differential in the payout would be. Between like, right? Like both arguably gave us an interesting race, right? For sure. Like 126K for the women, 265K long race for the men. Now yeah. the women's race could probably be increased. Sure. Like definitely a little bit longer, maybe. I don't know. Still exciting. Well, you know, so I'm it, was, it was it was chock full of attacks from start yeah. to finish, though. It was a that was a if you haven't watched that race, it's it's a good one to to put on uh queue up next time you're on the trainer I, or something. Uh worth it's worth its weight. You know, I'd be interested in finding out um what like Abby and other like professional women cyclists would think an, a, an adequate race length is. Right, because I I don't know. To me, it I like shorter races anyway. Yeah, that does seem like a pretty big disparity when the men are going two hundred sixty five k and the women are going one hundred twenty six k. Yeah, like I don't know if like I mean I, I mean obviously the men's race is too long, but um, <laughs> I I don't know what the prize differential is, and that's like worrisome for me to go check, and I don't even know where to check it yet. I'll I'll have to dig it up. But yeah. anyway, regardless it's- of that, the value of entertainment dollar that I received. Yeah watching the women's race would have made the weekend. Oh yeah. No, I, I would have been mm-hmm. happy right there. If, if the <laughs> men's race would have ended on a solo 50 K breakaway, like where you knew it was going to be the, the winner from, from 45 K out, like it, it still would have been a good day, but no. that's not what we retreated to. Oh, Spencer, we have so much to go into on this men's race. We so do. let's get right into it. Okay. So I don't even know what the priority is to mention. First off, that Bling Matthews got 16th place. Well, I think that's the obvious place to start. Like, like Michael Matthews, I'm a fan of yours, man. I'm so proud of you. I hope that, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Mitch Docker, comes and gives you a high five for us here at the Slow Ride Podcast for getting 16th place at Amstel Gold. I know that he probably wasn't super stoked on it because he lost to Matthew Vanderpool like on Friday, two days prior to this race. But yeah. Matthew's actually having a pretty good spring campaign. Pretty good. I mean, he's yeah. got a couple of podiums, and now he's got a 16th place under yeah. the belt. Uh, he's got to be feeling pretty good going into the rest of his season, I would so, I would have to say. That's fantastic, right? That's a great race. Then we knew 45K out from the finish that Philippe was going to win this race. We did. The full, and you're like, we did. all right, you know, we, Alaphilippe, we, we not saw, that bad of a guy. Right. We're, we're we're we we him. saw the attack from Matt the Vanderpool. Like, everybody knew... He was a hot favorite and he attacked yeah. and he stayed out there a little bit with easy gear and they got reeled back in and you were like, well, he, he tried it. Soon. He did it. He failed on to fight another day. Yeah. Yeah. And then Philippe attacks and, and gets the gap and, and that's it. That's the race. With full saying. Yes. Which Astana. That's another a, great spring season. That's a big move. That's a powerful so, move. Fuselang should, he, I, I'm shocked that he has never won this race because it it seems like it's made for him. Oh, and I'm totally caught the fever that little guy <laughs> spread to us, uh-huh. infected us with the love for Astana now. Because they're kind. Mm. I, okay, yeah, you may disagree. I may. I kind of wanted him to win instead of Alifili. I'm over the Wolfpack thing. Interesting. The team manager seems a little, you know, obviously isn't one with the times. No, and uh, that's true. Not not exactly that uh I guess Astana is either, uh, from what I can gather. But man. If if I can tell you one bandwagon that I am on, um was it was it, uh, 
pulled off a long chase uh, to a solid fifth place on the day. I am fully on board the Maximilian Shulman so, train. Like That's a great train to be on because he was the top place Bora finisher. And now it's going to sound like we're just going to dunk on Sagan, but pull up a chair because we have quite a few things to say. At what point do you think when he came across, like when did he find out who won Amstel Gold? And at that I'm, moment, did it become a who's on first routine? Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that he hasn't checked the sheet yet. I think I think his, his Swan Ears and his Team DS just kind of ushered him straight to the bus and didn't let him like didn't let him uh, check the results sheet that was posted uh, on the side of the UCI bus, um, you know, near the finish line. And uh, they probably, you know, how like. Do you, Tim, I, I don't know if you have this problem, but I'm sure some of our listeners do. You know, your parents are getting elderly. They're, they're getting up there in age. They're having trouble with the technology. So you, you go over yeah. to their house and you you pre, you you got to set things up for them, right? Yeah, um, create the remote control. I printed out all the passwords and logins to <laughs> sure, the, yeah. the uh, so do you ever, the Roku. Do you ever go in and block uh, the Fox News channel just to, just to make <laughs> sure? I feel like... The DS for Bora probably had to block uh, pro cycling stats from Peter Sagan's phone, so he couldn't check no. who won. See, you're you're taking this a completely different way than I would. See, I w- I was thinking when they when they cut to the camera and you saw the world champ. Oh, I'm sorry, the um, Slovenian uh, champion stripes. <laughs> uh-huh. like, I, it still bugs me that he's in the jersey that looks so much like Valverde's, and it goes to Peter Sagan. Yeah, that uh, part of me likes to think that at the 40k point right you, you see the the slovakian colors just kind of drifting back and you know he's yeah. getting dropped at that moment oh yeah that he's like okay i know who he is now because that was right around the time that vanderpool was being reeled back in is when he was going out yeah in the replay that i watched yeah and so then i'm thinking there, like okay now he knows who he is like he must have heard over the 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 radio Oh, Vanderpool's coming back, and then you know Maximilian Schaumann is is sitting there going, "Okay, can I go now? Like, do I have permission, yeah. Sir Peter?" Yeah, and still nothing. But Radio I was really silence. disappointed to find yeah. out that Sagan DNF'd, and since he DNF'd, that means that there wasn't the like I was really hoping for the who at first routine when he crosses the finish line, like the Swanier just busting his balls. Yeah, like, and he goes, "Who won?" He's like, "Oh, you know who." Yeah, he's like, no, who? And you're like, oh man, it would have been so good. But so now, anyway, now, now Sagan can claim he was back at the hotel already and uh, didn't so, see the finish. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. So here's the next part. Okay. The time checks that were going on the screen were completely wrong. Like, there's no way that they had 40 seconds with 4K to go on. It's the Vanderpool group. It's possible. I would say maybe 25, 30. But the point of the matter is, at what point did you think he was going to win? I I was thinking he had a chance at like 75 meters to go. <laughs> like when you're like, whoa, he is not slowing up. Yeah. Like he's coming like a bat out of hell. So it's interesting you bring that up because it was probably five or 10 meters after the finish line that I thought he might be able to win this because my brain was not able to process what was happening fast enough. He single handedly, like every shot that we got of that chasing Peloton. And it wasn't a chase group. It was the it was the remainder of the Peloton. 
he was on the front from like 6K or so to go until yeah. the line. It was like you'd go back and he was just drilling it on the front and no one was coming through. And I I don't think it was because everyone was just being a jerk and not helping. I literally do not think that they could come through. Yeah. Like no, I hear the, you the pace was too high. So when they got to about, I don't know, seven, 600 meters, when they were just about to make that contact and they hadn't quite closed it, but they were just about to make contact with the Kiyokowski, uh, Fuslang, Alaphilippe group. And all Vanderpool is doing is just looking under his shoulder, looking under his arms to either side being like, okay, this is when somebody should be attacking. Where are you? Like, I'm waiting. Like he was predicting the move and it just didn't come. So when do you think Kiwakowski thought he was going to win? Oh man. He thought when he caught that group, he was like, (laughs) I've got this wrapped up. He had no idea what was coming from behind. And, and what's amazing. Yeah. Is Vanderpool was just predicting this move as I was, was like, Oh great. Well, you pulled everybody up there. Good job. Now 10 people are going to sprint past you. And they just didn't. And I think he was surprised too. And, the finish line, like he didn't even have time to post up because no. he was busy going. And then he and then he did the thing. He did the thing that I love more than anything when I watch <laughs> the Winter Olympics at the end of a cross-country ski race Yeah, when they cross the finish line yeah. and they just lie down. Now, I want you to go back Which to is, watch this, Spencer. It's funny because when, that's what I do on cross-country skis, but I haven't done anything, you know, important. You're just falling <laughs> I, I just tip but, over, yeah. I want you to go watch, rewatch this moment. So he goes and yeah. he lies down. And he's like out of breath, and his swaniers have their legs like they're they're in their full linebacker stance, oh, like yeah. bo- or uh, center, like boxing out around him, like give him space, give him space. Right? Yep, elbows flaring like Bill Lambeer. Yep, on you know, for the bad boys in Detroit, there are just two random sneakers really close to his face. Go back and watch it. Okay, like someone is sitting down and getting a camera shot between the Swanier's legs of Vanderpool. And I have yet to see these photos, but if you go back and watch this like post-race scrum, you just see like two pairs of New Balance just like hanging out. And you're like, that's the photograph I want to see. Yeah. Because they're not moving their feet, trying to like get up like, Ooh, I I got tipped over. I got knocked over. I got to get out of here. Right. Like they're clearly in position for like shot of the year. Like, Probably Pulitzer Prize winning. Okay. Um, amazing. Then we got to get into some other things that we noticed. Okay. He was in the full white shorts. In fact, the white shorts is how I noticed it was Vanderpool coming across the gap all the time because Amstel Gold, for some reason, has a hell of a lot of helicopter shots. And it was great. Oh, yeah. Well, so, the roads are so twisty that you can't get a clear motorcycle shot ever. Yeah, that's very true. So, so, you're, so you're that, right? And he's on the white shorts. But then comes podium time. When did he have a chance to change his shorts? They had the camera on him for a good, like, uh, 15 minutes. It's true. It's, I mean, everybody's talking about the magic of his of his ride to come back from, from behind when he was clearly dropped and pull off the victory. But I do think the most amazing feat that he pulled off on the day was the changing of the bibs. Oh, it, it was amazing. I was, uh, bravo. To the, the changing and thank you for changing to the black shorts. Indeed, thank you. But um yeah, it was it was wonderful to see. And his father won the race. All of the pressure now that he had the first time yeah. a 
Dutchman has won the race since 91, and the first time a Dutch national champion has won the race wearing the jersey, said Michael Bugard. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, Tim, how much do you think Mitch Docker was in Simon Clark's ear telling him where he needed to be? Because for that whole 6K that Vanderpool was chasing, closing down that gap, there was one man glued to his wheel, did not move, glued to it. And that was Simon Clark. And I got to think, from this very podcast, Mitch Ducker learned the deep respect that he needed to have for Vanderpool. Now, we've talked him up all over the winter. Some say we uh, maybe uh, lost our luster with him, uh, just destroying everyone during cross season. Um, but I don't I don't think that's true. I, so, I think I think it's it's tough to find new things to say when you win by two minutes every weekend. But I think we instilled the the proper amount of respect. And how much of that do you think? Mitch transferred over to uh, the rest of the Education First team, um, netting them second place on the day. I like to think a lot, um, but I will say this, that after watching Simon Clark and his, like, right after Vanderpool, who's, like, going through the euphoria of, like, I just won and he's about to collapse. Yeah. Simon Clark is the first one to congratulate him. Absolutely, yeah. I was like, man, here's a dude that, pretty rad dude. I don't know enough about Simon Clark to, like, be a hundred percent on the bandwagon yet, <laughs> but I'm pretty close yeah. because uh, now I, I know he's won stages I, and that mm. he's, but I got to say, and he's been around for a while. He's been around for a while. Too. Pro cycling. And I know I'm not the best, but man, was he very happy with his second place finish. And I, that really endeared him to me. Like I could kind of, he's like, Oh man, Thanks for the toe, man. That was great. Yeah, like, no, I knew he, I wasn't going to beat you, but I got out of the second place. Like I'm that, always on your wheel. Like, you always, life, you know? yeah, you always think that. Like even in the even in the Ala Philippe Fuseline group, you're like, oh, is one of them just like going to be happy with second? Like whatever. Simon Clark is a man that was going to be happy with second. No matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> now, I uh, I got a text message. As okay. soon as this race was over, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. It was from Little Guy. And I told him that I was going to read this on the air. And so he's like, all right, well, <clears throat> you know, first time writer, long time co-host. <laughs> <He goes, laughs> all the roadies that doubted Matthew Vanderpool and his team mm-hmm. and that have keep that have kept this, you know, Wout and him having to stop cross narrative alive need to get off the Carmichael trading systems payroll and realize that this Lance time specialization is gone. Plus all these guys, fuel slaying, Philippe, Clark, Matthew Vanderpool have been strong all year. All the guys peaking for this week got dusted by the guy who's been fast for months. I feel like this is little guy just dunking on everybody and then not being here to totally like live it up. Yeah. But it's so true. Like how long now till we get the narrative that's going to be not really appreciating the accomplishment of what Vanderpool has done over the last month. Right. But the failure to appreciate what he's done over the last five months and how it's going to continue on into mountain bike season in the lead up to the Olympics next year. So that that's, that's my, my take on this is um, no matter how great you, let me put it this way. The happiest man in cycling today 
right right now today you might think was Vanderpool. You're wrong. Oh, oh, it's the, I already know the, who it is. The happiest man in cycling today is Nino Scherter. Because Nino really? Scherter is like, you guys are getting rocked. Like all the cross guys got rocked by Vanderpool. All the roadies just got rocked by Vanderpool, like all season, really. He's finished first four times and fourth a handful of times, like in his World Tour races. Scherter is the only guy who has been able to hold his own against Vanderpool. Wow, like, you took that a totally different way. So we'll get back to Scherter because mountain bike season's around the corner, which means Vanderpool is going to have to go race there and win. I thought you were going to say the happiest man because of today was despite getting 54th place, <laughs> Wout Van Aert. He's pretty happy too. Because Wout Van Aert is finally able to do like, this is what I've been talking about and experiencing for my entire life yeah. from juniors, U23s, and men's elites. Yeah. You guys now, now, Tour of Flanders, I felt was like a little bit of a, like like you got a little bit of a taste. It was like a really good oh, yeah. um, hors d'oeuvre to what is the Matthew Vanderpool party. Yeah. Right? Because he he like cases it into the curb, gets yeah. back on, holding his shoulder, somehow gets back to the lead group. Mm-hmm. And then he gets like, what, what do you get, like seventh or something? And people are like, definitely the ride of the day. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Like like props to him, yeah. but he didn't win. Right? You're right. And then he's not allowed to do Roubaix because he's on the smallest team ever, Like, which is a whole nother story. Yes. We've talked about the Matthew Vanderpool MVPs. Yep little guys deep dives in there made us realize that it's actually a fairly stacked team for what it is. Yeah. But he's not allowed to do Roubaix. Didn't get the invite. No. And it was up to Amstrel gold. Yeah. Wins a classic in a fashion that is amazing. Now we get to say, told you so to everybody, but now I'm afraid that the talk is going to be like, what team is he on next? Like when sky going to sign him? Right. When is he only going to be allowed to do road racing? Because they're going to pay him enough to say, you can't do any of these other sports that you may crash more in. Yep. And have fun. Like if you have a smile doing these other races, you're not allowed to do that. Um, and I feel that's that's way closer now than it was two weeks ago. I would think so too, except for I did see a quote from him uh, after his win on Friday, um, just before Amstel. Uh, somebody saying the exact same thing, like, oh, so road is going to be your thing now. And he said, no, I truly love cyclocross and mountain bike a lot more than I like a road. So I, I just don't know. I think, I think he's going to, he's going to stick with, like, he might stick with this, uh, Corndon circus team if they're going to let him do whatever he wants. Like, I don't think he cares. <laughs> what do you think their team director is doing? Yes, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> like, like, do you think if he's on this team again next year that Perry Roubaix will say, nah, we don't want you? That's like, why I love it. That's, that's, I totally agree with you here. That I think that this is where he's going to be able to provide a swerve. It's not like Greipel going to that team in, from Breton, yeah. right? Where, they're angling for a Tour de France wildcard because they have Greipel. Yeah. This is a guy that we should be able to get into every race mashable. Yeah. I mean, no. the Japan Cup will be rolling out the red carpet to get an invite to uh, Matthew Van. Oh, for sure. Um, li- listen to this year already. So he's had, I think, five wins. Yeah. And so he, he won a stage of Tour Antalya in Turkey. Won a uh, 1HC, the Grand Prix du Dane. Then he won Dwarves. Big win. Mm-hmm. Won a stage of um, the Sarth, Circuit of Sarth. Mm-hmm. 
and then he won P, uh, Peel or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the one on Friday, yep. and then he won Amstel. Yep. That's already a successful year. Now he's going to go race Nino Scherter and probably beat Nino Scherter a few times. He's right. going to definitely win almost every short track competition there right. to get like good start row. I mean, I Spencer. It's- it's 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 outrageous. Like his his world tour races so far. You like you went through the victories. His other two world tour level races that he's done: Gent Wevelgem fourth place, Flanders fourth place. So let's get to the dark side though of okay. being an American cycling fan oh. and having to deal with the the nastiness that is social media. I feel uh-huh. like we have our fingers to it. It didn't take. <laughs> It didn't take very long before, like every post that was like Vanderpool's the greatest thing ever that someone's on there right away just saying like, I hope he's clean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then that whole discussion, we're not going to have that discussion here, but I got to say, he's been doing this for a really long time. A very and long if you, time. If you would have been with us and on this bandwagon a long time ago, Matthew Vanderpool, not a friend of the podcast. <laughs> no, not a friend of the podcast. In fact, doesn't listen to the podcast. He vehemently des- denies listening yeah, to the podcast. Yeah. We're a fan, and it's great. <laughs> I I love everything about it. It got boring during cyclocross season because, but now I'm like, yeah. you know what? He's one of our own. He's one like, of it, our own. It's so great. It's, it's true. Just oh, anyway. Big fan of the podcast. However, Tom Schoons, twenty third place today. Yeah, very good. Very very good. You'll get there someday, Tom. Yeah, he will. All right, let's you, get to the... Do, oh, go ahead. Do you get any more Bling Matthews updates, Tim? Yeah, he got 16th place, which was awesome. But did you <laughs> see how he did on Friday? He was Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, Spencer, we've finally arrived to the Prem Lap. It's yes. a Prem Lap. It's been a long time coming because we've been talking a lot about Matthew Vanderpool, the champion of our hearts. Mm-hmm. So we also get to give a shout out to the coffee champion of our hearts, <laughs> Grimper Brothers Coffee. Yeah, I like that. Head on over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to yeah. find out how to get one of two select roasts made specifically for the listeners of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yeah. If, you, if you've woken up in the morning uh, feeling like your resting heart rate is a little too low, try the full schleck. Try yeah. uh, Hello Cyclocross Friends Espresso because both of those blends from Grumper Brothers Coffee directly support what we're doing here on the show and uh, in the wider wide angle podium uh, network. And uh, it's the best way that you can just directly support yourself and uh, us. So uh, you can head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee, take yourself right there and uh, pick yourself up some some delicious beans. That's right. And we'd also like to thank our longtime and recurring sponsor, Health mm-hmm. IQ. Head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP yeah. to find out how to save some money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual. Yeah. This podcast is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Uh, HealthIQ.com slash WAP is where you can go to learn more and get a free quote. Um, they have a 
quiz on there that you can take to score elite and see if you can qualify yourself for some savings uh and along with all the other things that they do as far as uh taking in the miles you're riding um doing the research on your family history they forgive uh, uh one instance of family history stuff and really it's a great way to go um Visit their FAQ page to get all those kind of questions answered and find out what you can do. HealthIQ.com slash W-A-P. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Do you have the uh, Wide Angle Podium app on your phone, Tim? Yes, I do. You know, the best part is lets me know when new shows are up. It's true. In a nice chronological order. And we have a lot of quality shows that are always coming on there. There's a lot of quality shows. Um, Bike Shop CX uh, recently did one uh, about the uh, all about twerk. Yeah, Which is, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was something that neither one of us know all that much about. So I got a question for you. How many stem, like star nuts have you broken from over tightening? Uh, at least a handful. <laughs> yeah. More I'm than I should have. Well. Yeah. So anyway, that's a, uh, that's a, an example of some of the great shows on the Wedding of Podium Network, uh, as well as Gravel Lot, Cycle Cross Radio, and everything else. Uh, if you like our show, do us a favor, check out some of the other ones on Wide Angle Podium Network uh, and uh, see if there's something else you like. Yeah, for sure. And with that, let's get back to the show. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to this low ride. All right, Spencer, as you know, I was gone. We're going to talk a little bit about Sea Otter. Yeah. But this past weekend was Mission Crit, which now is arguably uh, the largest fixed gear crit left in the country. I would say so. With Red Hook gone. And it was blowing up my feed. And it was also on 420, which really made oh my God. Mission Crit mission critical. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> even put that together. Okay, a couple of things to discuss. One of the teams is the state bicycle team. Okay. State Bicycle created a bar plug system that also doubles into a weed pipe, which huh. they then debut, debuted at the Mission Crit. Um, okay. All right. That was a little weird. That's I've a little never weird. seen anything like that before. Suffice um, it to say they're not getting uh, USADA tested there at the Mission Crit, eh? I They're not, but holy <laughs> crap, were the, were the crowds amazing? Like... And they had a live stream of Mission Crit on the uh, the old interwebs. Yeah. The, what I find really hard to believe is how Red Bull has not gotten involved with fixed gear crits to make a series. Oh, I know. It's uh, like, like Red Bull has cliff diving. They have all this other stuff. And here they had Red Hook Crit. They have Mission Crit. Now, I know I don't know enough of the politics. I'm sure that there's, you know, there needs to be some separation and all that. But to me, it seems like Red Bull has the money and the know-how to put on together right. like a circuit of this because it was blowing up my Instagram feed and my um, everything because of what was happening out in San Francisco. And it looked like a hell of a good time with really, really big crowds. Sure. That's all I got to say. I mean, San Francisco on 420, racing bikes. It's the <laughs> trifecta. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's everything you could ever want. So and that's that's incredible. They had the women's race be the main event. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, which was pretty cool. So like the race ended when the women 
finished. They think they started at like eight eight thirty at night on the dark streets of of uh, San Francisco. Like so, it was pitch black. Yeah, it was awesome. So three up sprint um, to finish there with Paula Panzeri taking the um, being uh, and Danielle Mooreshead losing to Evie Hound. Um, and then in the men's race, I only have the uh, the winner, but it was uh, uh, it's the guy that won a Red Hook crit last year. The um the Schaefer fellow from Specialized Espresso <laughs> Team. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. It's good stuff. Good. All right. I like I like all of the uh racing. I had a fun time watching it. I hope others uh did as well. All right. Let's uh get into Sea Otter where I was. Lots to discuss. The first thing I want to say is got to see Bill from uh oh, Psychocross nice. Radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh hard not to miss him. Because you like, can see him coming from a while away. It's about he had eight his, feet tall, yeah. He had his press pass. And I also saw a friend of the pod, Kevin Hayes, uh, who has uh, moved out there to uh, California. Oh, okay. Um, and they both came by and got to talk to them for a little bit. But they both pointed out to me something that I didn't understand. And I still don't understand. And it completely baffles my mind is that the main UCI mountain bike race, mm-hmm. so like the shorter course mountain bike race like similar to what you would find on the world cup circuit yes was on thursday morning at like 9 30 in the morning which mm. is the first day of the festival and for those that have not been out to sea otter it's held at the laguna seca raceway which just i've never ridden out here out there but just judging by terrain or i haven't ridden the mountain bike trails yeah. to say the least there's clearly a really good course there it's almost got a natural amphitheater feeling it's got because you can see most of the course from wherever you are, because you can see them racing up the hill. Right, yeah. Now, the racetrack itself is kind of separated, obviously, because normally a car racetrack, so they don't want you know pedestrians and, and people like right on the course. So you got to kind of know how to get onto the course. Yep. But Spencer, like the, the fact that this race was early in the morning and you couldn't really tell what happened. Like a world champion was racing out there, Kate Courtney, mm-hmm. ended up getting third. Um, and you know, we didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, no, I had no idea. Now there's an e-bike race that had a little bit (laughs) better primetime coverage. Interesting. I was just, I was really disappointed by that, but I got to see some pretty damn good coverage by Bill's new YouTube show. Oh my God. Bike heat check. Yeah. Can we have him redo like everything on our show? Cause the production quality was amazing. It's very good. Um, yeah, I watched that. Um, He did such a good job kind of compressing the pertinent information and giving you all the shots you needed and kind of giving you the play by play. It it was really well done. I got to say. Yeah, it was it was really good. I I wish that they were doing a little bit better um, coverage of all the mountain bike racing at well, um, Sea Otter and Bill's the only one that was there to provide it. So, you know, major shouts to him. Yeah, absolutely. So. The you were there on the ground and 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 I was not. I was on a, a, a small family vacation last weekend, which is why we did the mailbag episode. Um, kind of sprung that on you guys because we sort of forgot about it. Um, the schedule conflict, but I did see, despite that, a lot of information coming out of Sea Otter. Um, a lot of a lot of hard hitting news articles with the new. Uh, stuff that was released, all the brands getting in on the action. And I got to say, Tim, the only thing that really crossed my my radar here was gravel bike stuff. Everybody seemed to have gravel stuff. And the most offensive, 
at least in my opinion, was that Pinarello released a gravel bike and so did Look 2, Euro-soaked, road-storied, historical Euro roadie brands have crossed the picket line over to the gravel side. That's a very good point. What I'm very curious on, Spencer, is if those models are also going to be available in Europe or is it kind of like mm. how, uh, you know, like a car company only introduces like certain models, like, like, right. We can't get any station wagons here in the U S Yeah, but they're all over Europe. So, yeah. you know, is it the other way? Cause I'm from what I've heard, from what I can gather from my friends in the UK is that there's not a ton of places to ride gravel in the UK. Like there's not, it's, it's like, not a lot of gravel it's like they've never heard of Scotland. Yeah, (laughs) but that's the, so that was interesting. Uh Gravel was everywhere. I went, I went by the Moots booths, the Moots, the Moots booth naturally. Yeah. Lots of gravel. They had that new gravel with the YBB suspension, um, right above the, uh, or sorry, the uh, seat stays. Yeah. Got like an inch and a half elastomer in there or whatever. That was cool. Worse than that. Did you see the Niner full suspension gravel bike? I put the horse blinders on when I walked back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the booth. I saw some oogling. Oh, um, they've done it again. We've come right back around full circle. Uh, we are we are looking at gravel cycling has entered the mid nineties Perirube era of of suspension technologies. So, yes, it <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, I don't like. I hope that they sell a ton and a lot of people can stay employed and people keep right. their jobs, right? Because yeah. like you never want anybody to lose employment from bad ideas. But, but there's just ideas that should not exist. Yeah, sometimes they deserve to, even if you don't want them to. Yeah. So, can I tell you what I enjoyed the most? Yes, please. I walked to the Surly booth. Right. Uh-huh. You kind of see the gang, right? A lot of the Surly guys we've known from the Twin Cities for a while. Right. Um, yeah, same gang as always. Right. Uh, like straight out of a Surly catalog. That's who was there. That's, yeah. Uh, Love those guys. And and I girls. rode the Big Easy. Oh. So the Big Easy is their, um, what did they call the long extended, uh, it's not the long haul trucker. What You know, it's the Big Dummy. Sorry. The big Dummy, it's, yeah. It's the Big Dummy electrified with okay. the Bosch motor. Yeah. And so it's got like basically the longer wheelbase. So it's got like the extra cycle kind of trailer on there. That sure. You can put like that when, when little Heimar gets older, he's going to be able to sit on the back and yep. Spencer, that is the SUV of bikes. Like I, <laughs> I like my cargo bike. Uh-huh. I love it. In fact, but I may try to get rid of the cargo bike to go with the big easy. Like it is that awesome of a bike. Interesting. I had that thing going around, like cutting between the booths to get from like side of the expo to side of the expo. I had that thing up to like 20 miles an hour. Super easy. It was so much fun. Big I'm easy, all about the e-bikes, oh. but Spencer, this, this is what e-bike should be. Okay. Right? Because it was practical, like useful, it's practical. Cause you could easily like with the paneers, the way that it sits on the back, mm-hmm. you could get six ba- grocery bags full on there. Yeah, it it looks goofy enough that I don't think anybody's going to steal it. <laughs> and it's not as goofy as like the front loading bucket cargo bike that I've got, which is awesome. Right. 
but that's a lot slower because it's but, not an e-bike. Yeah, well, and it slows you down because you've got to stop and talk to every guy with the beard on your way wherever you're going. Yeah, yeah. They're all looking for where the coal stem is. Yeah. And I just, riding that, like I was shocked at how many e-bikes there are. Now, naturally, there's a lot of sea otter for those, like, so there's inner bike. And then at inner bike, there was like the the festival hall or like the side of inner bike that was basically all of the brands that couldn't be on the main level. Yep. Seattle has a little bit of that. Not as bad, not as many companies, but there's still a fair amount out there. And a lot of them seem to be dabbling into mountain bike e-bikes. Oh, it's huge. Mountain e-bikes. Yeah. Last like, time when I was at Seattle, it was all there was, was people riding around on these massive downhill like e-bikes, um, tons of travel and just, just riding around, like showing them off. Like I think that was the brand's ideas is they were just going to pay a bunch of people to ride around on them. I'm not, I don't know how I feel. Well, I guess I, I don't really, to me, riding mountain bikes, like go pedal the bike. You don't need an e-bike. I can understand why they would be fun. Sure. But I'm all about e-bikes for like utilitarian, like service to get people out of cars in the city. Yes. Right. Like to me that, that is something we need to be pushing for as a culture so much. And as a cycling community is get people onto bikes, no matter what. And if you want to pedal, great. But if I want to take my son to school and it's really windy out and I can just like get pedal assist to get him there quicker and a safer and out of a car, yep, like that's the way we need to be. And I was, you know, that bike did it for me. Like I was at that moment, I was like, this is the future. I understand why people are talking about this. Now, e-bikes on the trails, I have other issues with. Because it's kind of like, at what point is it motocross? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a fine line there somewhere, um, and and that's not for that's not my my thing to figure out. You know, I'm going to leave it up to the trail organizations. Um, you know, a lot of states have certain trails that you can take them on. Some some states are like take them wherever. I know uh, when I was just in Moab, Utah, they have some specific trails that e-bikes are totally okay on, and you know, go have a blast. Like there's some steep steep stuff in Moab that I did not want to ride up. And if I'd have had some pedal assist, it would have been very nice. So I, I do not, um, I do not poo poo anyone for, for, you know, taking the hard part out and just doing the fun part. Like I get it. Um, but it's not for me, uh, for, for at least yet, you know, maybe when I'm a little older, I might be real into it. I don't know. I rode a couple of e-bikes there because at that point, People would come by where I was and I'd, I'd get to jump on their bikes. A couple of different styles. There's the like the throttle ones. Oh, yeah. Which I guess are class two, like where there's no pedaling at all. And you just like turn the knob and they can go really fast. Yeah. It's a little, little scary that there's no like exertion that's happening. Yeah. Because um, it's just a motorcycle, basically. That's quiet. Yeah. And then uh, I also had a pedal assist one that when I stopped pedaling, like normally when you have a good pedal assist bike, when you stop pedaling, the motor instantly like disengages. No, it just, these right. just maintain. Yeah. It like maintained for an extra like three seconds. Yeah. That was a little weird. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the style really I've, to, I've ridden as well. You've really had to scrub this, the brakes. Like you really had to use the brakes to scrub that speed. Cause you could see it like the, the motor was still kicking in, but uh, yeah. trying to think of some of the other things I uh, saw out there. It was, you know, overall the, you know, there was, um, some European brands trying to come into the U S so like white bikes was there W H Y T E. Yeah. Which is out of the UK. 
I don't think they have a distributor here in the U.S. right now. No idea. They're pretty big over in the U.K. They were there. Um, Chain Reaction uh, was there once again, sponsoring the giant pump track where all like the kids are out there just like slaying it. Nice. So that was pretty cool to see the pump track uh, get in full use. Um, the Thursday that we were there, super windy. Hmm. In fact, the next like that night, um, we started getting texts that like tents were in the lagoon. Like people <laughs> easy up tents were gone the next day. Yeah. Um, Campy was there showcasing their 12 speed. Okay. Um, Rotor was there with the 13 speed. So that was getting were a they, lot of. Uh, were they like across the aisle from each other, giving each other dirty looks and stuff? They were not. Oh. It was nothing like beyond those, like really stuck out. I was shocked hmm. though at how much like gravel and e bikes there were. Unbelievable amounts. I'm, I'm just still offended by Pinarello and Look uh, getting into the gravel scene, but. Um, did you see any of the other racing that was going on? Did they do the uh, the downhill racing? Did they do the dual slalom, all that kind of stuff? I watched the dual slalom from afar. Okay. It's always like pretty binoc- exciting. Through binoculars, which was really cool, because then I didn't have to like listen to the like, Shaw bro, because <laughs> I, I heard all about it, yeah. and I was like, well, I, that doesn't surprise me. I love watching the dual slalom there, because there's clearly like a track that's faster than the other one. Right. And- I don't know. Like, I mean, that's got to be distance wise, but then also there's just faster lines through the turns. Mm -hmm. So you could tell within the first like 30 feet, like who was going to win unless there was like a dab, right? Because of who had the line. That's what keeps it interesting is you do the two runs in dual slalom. So you do one, one on each track next to each other and see who can pull out the finer faster uh, total time. Um, But speaking of downhill racing, Tim, it's coming up. It is. It's around the corner. I'm stoked. We get Starting, we get emails all the time saying we need to talk more about mountain bikes and and and, and downhill racing and and oh. we always say we do, and this is our <laughs> chance. Yeah, and by the way, the critique that we got on our review last week from Andrew Palmgren about this, where he said, on a side note, Fat Chance is greater than Klein. Uh, fat Chance was there at oh, Sea yeah. Otter, and I got to hang out at the Fat Chance booth. I didn't see you, Andrew. Your <laughs> <laughs> four star review. <laughs> um, oh, it was great. And they were really smart. The Fat Chance guys were really smart because they tore down their tent every night uh, and took it with them. And then the, they brought it back the next day, so it never ended up in the lagoon. Yeah, a little bit extra work, yeah. man. A lot of the bike industry not willing to do that. <laughs> so UCI Mountain Bike Downhill starts uh, next week. Yeah. What's uh, the drama? Rachel, what do I need to watch? Well, definitely the women's racing is okay. going to be the highlight that I'm going to be focusing on this year because to me it's a little bit easier to follow because – a, it's it's a it's a smaller ecosystem and as far as like as an elementary rookie level watcher of this yeah it's you know there's three or four women that are at the top but then there's two at the top of the mountain okay and it's Rachel Atherton and then Tawny Seagraves and they had their first race heads up two weeks ago at like a British national downhill series okay and Rachel won and so now they're going to the season opener in, I want to say it's Slovenia. It's the first time back there in quite a few years, and it's going to be live on Red Bull TV on the 27th, I believe. And okay. I'm stoked. So I'm coming like, up. Oh, yeah. And it's Spencer. You and I both know it's great. Now, yeah. we got to find a way to get roller derby to cover downhill <laughs> mountain biking. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that might be a stretch. I'm 
I'm pretty stoked for it. Now, I don't know as far as the men's side of things, um, you know, Seattle was a buzz because like, was it Kogel bearings or someone had put out like a, uh, press release that Aaron Gwynn was going to be racing cross country. Uh, yeah. And, uh, friend of the pod, Bill Shiken kind of bit that one, but it, it was, was like a, well uh, after April fool's day. So it wasn't really Bill's fault. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited, but I don't know enough about the women or the men's side of things, but the women's racing is going to be pretty good between Rachel and Tawny. Yeah, I think on the men's side, you just really need to know Aaron Gwynn's name and and you'll be pretty much covered. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's... um, There's a few others. Brosnan. Yeah. Trying to think who else there is. There's the French guy that races for the uh, Fox team that's got the brown pants. Bruni. Yeah, Um, Bruni. He's he's very good. One of my favorites. Um, Yeah, now there's a handful. And of course, you got Danny Hart and and all those guys. There's... Yeah, it's exciting. You got Lucas Shaw. Yep. Um, Anyways, so I'm trying to think... uh, Rachel Atherton's no longer on the Trek team, so her and G now are racing their own bikes called Atherton Cycles or Atherton Bikes. Yeah, whatever so, that is. Now, what I don't understand is, like, we need to have the Bike Shop CX guys just get into, like, downhill technology because um, at Sea Otter, uh-huh. like, you overhear the chatter and people are really into, like, suspension lengths. Like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I rode the so-and-so 140 today and like cha bro it was great i have an enduro coming up tomorrow and i'm like what's an enduro and they're like we gotta you know i'm gonna be running the 110 up front and then a 130 in the back and i'm like full squish and i'm like well i'm confused right oh it it gets it gets so much worse than that tim it gets so much worse so (laughs) they're they're, yeah they're pulling off the rock shack super deluxe and they're switching that out with the fox x2 just to see what the difference might be and you know trying to get a different tune on there there's just there's just a depth to that that i am never going to fully comprehend and uh yeah maybe maybe those guys can get into it but you know how good do you have to be to know the difference though that's what i want to know because I'm kind of sitting here like, like there's a lot of people that tell you it's laterally stiff and vertically (laughs) compliant or whatever, Uh but no one knows what that means. Right. But then like, I don't know. I feel like I try a lot of different bikes and then I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think you just got to go faster, right? Like go as fast as you can and be like, okay, that's, that's when you're going to notice that difference. Like (sighs) if you, if you bought a Lamborghini, Tim, and you drove it down the streets of Orlando in your 25 mile an hour uh, neighborhood speed limit zone, it's going to feel pretty similar to the Nissan Versa that we sold for you on Craigslist, right? Oh, yeah. You know, okay, segue, Sam. That, that Spencer, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I appreciate it. I'm going to okay. tie a little bow on this. Sure. April 27th, 28th, redbull.tv. Okay. You can watch Maribor, Slovenia for the start of uh, the UCI mountain bike downhill we'll be talking about next week it's great we're gonna love it now we're gonna rewind to the fact that we sold my versa because you and little guy rewrote my ad yeah i think this is a service that we can really start offering so if people have us need us (laughs) to sell things we've done it once before Mm -hmm. we've done bikes we're willing to help out here we helped out matt watts um up in north carolina sell some wheels i believe Uh yeah so you know feel free to email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com with anything you need 
Yeah. Now you talked about Orlando. Uh-oh. Yeah. I. <laughs> so years ago in Minneapolis, a little poster show came along called Art Crank. Ah, Art Crank. It was a little tiny show. Yeah. That not many people in the cycling community knew about in the very first year, except kind of the, the dirtbag um, street hustlers that we were, right? Like the messenger crowd. Yeah. None of the roadies came because they were like, Art, what's that? And it was at one-on-one <laughs> bike studio. What's that? It was at one-on-one bike studio, yeah. which, rest in peace, just moved to South Minneapolis, oh, so downtown but it was, Minneapolis. It was packed. Gills. It was packed. G- gills to the gills, to, to the and, gills with, with dirt bags. And my brother had a poster there. And I got to tell you, it was yeah. they were all screen printed. Or for the most part, they were screen printed posters. They had maybe like 25 posters. You could buy them. Yep. The place was packed and it was awesome. I felt at that moment, Art Crank in 2006, I believe. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I felt Art Crank was one of the main things that put the Minneapolis bike scene over the precipice to to advancement, to like getting infrastructure and making it seem that bikes were going to stay in Minneapolis. Because up until that point, it was a lot of dirt bags. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, yeah. And it's, that's the term of You And then... You, we, that, we got some we got some notoriety in the public's eye that wasn't getting hit by cars. Yeah, and it was like, and it was a combination of two important subcultures, right? Like kind of that yeah. graphic design, cool kid, cool hipster thing, like designing a poster at the coffee shop. Yep, and then the the cyclist. Yep, and what was great was it was a lot of non cyclists making posters about bikes. Yeah, surprisingly. None of the posters were of someone running a red light flicking off a car. Amazing. But anyways, that at that moment, I loved the event. I went to the first like seven art cranks, moved to Gainesville, Florida, mm-hmm. and art crank never traveled down here. Now it traveled countrywide. It's yep. arguably one of my favorite things about cycling. Charles, who uh, created the show, has done wonderful things with it. He's a great follow on Twitter, just at art crank. Check yep. it out. Yeah. So I live here in Orlando. Uh-huh. I wanted to bring Art Crank here. Uh-huh. And he's like, unfortunately, can't make it happen. So my buddy and I decided we, we got the permission from Charles. He's helped us out a bunch. We're doing our own poster show in June. Okay. I'm excited. So this, is, this is the good stuff right now, right? Yeah. Really good. I'm in a little bit of a pickle. Uh-oh. Yeah. Tell me more. I'm having, tr- I'm having trouble connecting with the artists here. <laughs> So I was thinking maybe you could help me reach out to the artists. Write a Craigslist ad. Maybe write a Craigslist ad. Okay. For the greatest poster show that's going to happen in Orlando. All right. So rare. (laughs) 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 Got to put that. So rare. So so we're not actually selling a product this time. We're selling an idea. We're We're selling an idea. We're selling a dream. Let's, Let's frame this out. I thought that there'd be more graphic artists. Like there's a strong graphic artist community here. Mm -hmm. Do you have an art school? Yes, we do. Okay. We're done. We're set. We're good. Okay. We just need to connect with those kids. Yeah. That's what I figured. So So how do we write the ad for the kids at the art school? uh, So limited, limited time offer. (laughs) Okay. So limited, limited space available. Yeah. One time Chance of a lifetime, something along those lines. Ooh, I like chance of a lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make your break. Oh, that's such a good, 
cycling uh, tie in there. Um, you're also going to have to put very big on there. Paid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this is not for exposure. This you you can actually make money. Uh, I think that's going to resonate well with the uh, with the collegiate art school should, crowd. Should I do something along the lines of like improve your dribble account or whatever? Because like dribble, I think is what graphic designers use, right? I have no for idea. Their, I think that's like their their LinkedIn. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So limited time, paying yeah. job. Make your break. Paying yeah. job. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you're taking notes. Um, yeah, yeah, I got this. So uh, make kindergarten level artwork <laughs> to sell to rich old people must include bikes. That's it. Like anybody could do that, right? Anybody could. You could do this. Make money. You get paid. I'm in college. I'm eating ramen. Like I'm an artist. Like obviously I have no money. Like you need to speak their language, right? It's yeah. a, this is easy. Anybody, you could do it in your sleep. Uh, you're going to get like paid. You're also going to get exposure, but don't talk about the exposure because uh, they get hit up with that all the time. Um, and then, and then, you know, just uh, once they're there, once they're in, once you've got the hooks in them, uh, you know, then you tell them to bring all their friends. Oh, it is free beer. Can you put free beer on the poster? There is free beer. We've got okay. a great beer sponsor, Ocean Perfect. Sun Brewing, right down the street from Perfect. our house. And be sure to put that on the on the on the uh, job description. So, I, it's just a. I the thing is, is that I'll turn out the people there, uh-huh. right? Like, like, like we have a good promotion track record here. But I'm like kind of worried that it's only going to be like fifteen posters when it should clearly be like thirty because it's going to be a good showing and we have really good scene. But just like Art Crank number one, as you remember, Art Crank number one, okay. there was a lot of people that didn't go to Art Crank number one from like the roadie track oh, and like yeah. more established scene because they're like, but then they saw all the pictures for year after year one and they're like, man, that artwork looks amazing. And there's a lot of people having there's fun. A there. lot of people <laughs> having fun. Yeah. And then the um, next year, it like tripled in size. It's true. Here's, here's another tract. Think about this. Yeah. So you you have that great beer sponsor, right? You you get a case up front, get a couple of cases up front. You go to the art school, yeah. S- skip the kids, skip the kids completely. You go straight to the instructors. You give and them have the them beer. Put it in the syllabus. You bribe them with the beer, and you say, "All right, get your kids making posters for this." Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. Because if there's anyone that's more broke than an art student, it's an art teacher because they were previously an art student that couldn't do anything other than become an art teacher. Uh, This is a really good idea. I think we've solved it. Well, the poster show hot velo is going to be happening in June 8th here in Orlando. So everyone should come check it out, but I will definitely have more info on how everyone can be involved. Just take a look at our Craigslist ad, um, which will be published fairly soon. Yeah. Uh, if you, uh, if you are in the Orlando area and you think you've got some artistic skills, shoot, uh, shoot an email over to the slow red podcast at gmail.com and, uh, we'll get you in touch with the promoters of the show and maybe get you a beer. Yeah. And I've got a really good poster idea. If someone wants to design it for me and draw it for me and print it for me, it'd be great. <laughs> Perfect. And, uh, with that Spencer, I think we just nailed it. And, um, I'd like to give a uh, shout out to BK one 
for the wonderful intro and outro music. Like also to thank Matthew Vanderpool for not listening to the podcast, but for winning Amstrad Gold and making our day even better. Yep. Like thank um, Health IQ for their continued support. Head on over to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out how to save some money on your life insurance. And we'd like to thank Grimper Brothers Coffee. Mm-hmm. You can select from two wonderful coffee blends by going to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to find out more. And with that, this is Tim in sunny and beautiful Orlando, Florida. <laughs> and this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Didn't even get to the email about the Hincapie and the sunglasses, you know, the optical sunglasses that um, give you the heads up display. Oh, man. We'll get it next week. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Talk to you.